This is The Think Tank with Dr. Mike O'Neill talking about the major political, economic, and social issues of the week. KTAR News on 92.3 FM and KTAR.com. The Think Tank. It has been a seminal week. The United States Capitol was invaded by rioters. Uh, Joe Biden's win as president of the United States, normally a formality at 3.30 on Wednesday morning, uh, that was certified. Uh, Democrat, I guess 3.30 Thursday, or Thursday morning, technically, late, late Wednesday, early Thursday. Uh, and in what would normally be a really big story, the Democrats win two surprise victories in Georgia and take over the Senate. All of this is just too much. We were going to do our annual gear and review show, which is a lot of fun. But it just struck me that it is uh, it, it is too much to ignore what has happened over the last uh, 48 hours. And I, I would also um, let you know that we are taping this on Thursday morning. So it is entirely possible that events are transpiring at a rate that will will change what we have to say. But we want you to know when this was taped, just so you can put our comments uh, in in contracts. So, uh, as I said, two Democratic Senate wins in Georgia. That gives the Democrats the narrowest of Senate control. But this is overshadowed when a, more, a mob storms the Capitol protesting, I think, the impending Electoral College certification of Joe Biden's election. The well of Congress was trashed along with some offices. Congress le- left and then returned, and then 3.30 in the morning, they complete their certification of what is normally a very pro forma process. Uh, it's been uh, analogized to uh, the uh, Academy Award presenter that has the envelope that they have to open and read what's in the envelope. Throughout all of this, uh, the president seemed disengaged. And I, uh, I want to share a personal anecdote uh, that is is what it motivated me to switch the uh, topic to what has happened. I had a uh, conference call scheduled with some high school classmates to talk about some reunion related activities and just an average group of folks and not particularly uh, politically oriented on average. And one after the other, they all demurred and said, Let, I'm not going to be there tonight quote, I'm glued to my television. So that's, the, I think, the mindset of what, we, what we're what we going to talk about. First of all, let me go to, I, I have a, a guest. Uh, Steve Kraft is here, and along with Chuck Coughlin and Rick DeGraw. I want to go to you first, Steve. What happened at the Capitol? Well, what happened was, to me, uh, shocking, but not surprising. We had uh, thousands of uh I, I guess Trump supporters is is too gentle a way of looking at it. A mob of Trump people energized by his incendiary inflammatory rhetoric who decided after he urged them to, to go to the House and the Senate and to disrupt this sacred process. And there was a shocking lack of security. And there were some cops who looked like they were pretty comfortable with these uh, these invaders. And everything was thrown into chaos, and we're only now beginning to sift through the damage. And I think it's going to be a good 50 years before America escapes the stain of this. Wow. We, we cert- I certainly saw a lot of reports from overseas and and uh, people looking at the videos and saying, you know, is this is this Belarus or, you know, this is in Washington? Uh, 
Chuck, uh, what do you, I, I'm wondering if your answer to this is now different from the one you would have given 24 or 48 hours ago, but uh, what happens to the Republican party after January 20th? And is your answer the same as it would have been a couple of days ago? Yeah. I mean, it's more, uh, it, it is uh, accentuated. Um, I agree with some of the things Steve said, uh, but the party is in the process of burning itself down. Um, and it's been going on for some time. Um, we're in this post-truth environment that uh, our president has been fueling uh, for a long time. And that's not just on the right, that's on the left as well. All truths are debatable today um, and everybody can find their own truth. And so we have a president that's a leading cheerleader uh, for the time being of that um, movement. And uh, you know that's what fueled everything yesterday that um, he is uh, he lives in this postmodernist um, world where you can fuel these suspicions, uh, create different realities for people. Uh, and it, it's on the one time it's shocking, but on the other hand, as I agreed with Steve, it's very uh, understandable or even anticipated that this could have happened. Um, given the QAnon culture, which was also party yesterday, um, and the whole uh, post-truth environment we live in. And so I don't agree with Steve on the point about the security. It's the people's house. Um, and, you know, they, they could have done a better job of anticipating um, what the president was going to do. Uh, but this, I think we'll all agree it's unprecedented in our times to have a president um, willfully incite, and I'll use the word sedition, um, because it fits the definition of sedition, um, to willfully block the legal process of the uh, country, uh, of the laws of the United States from being enacted. That's a specific provision under sedition. And so, you know, it's a new, he, he tipped across a new line, and I think there will be consequences for that down the line. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think anybody anticipated it. And as law enforcement personnel, I thought wisely did retreated from the situation because there wasn't enough manpower there to handle it, assembled the manpower and then re reengaged and retook the territory with uh, with the appropriate amount of force, which allowed the vote to take place last night. And um, order order was restored and the process and I actually enjoyed listening to some of the speeches last night. Mitt Romney's speech was terrific. We saw Kelly Loeffler, who had planned to to endorse this process, walk or to to obstruct this, object to the process, walk away from that. Going in, we thought we had uh, there were 12 senators uh, that were going along with this. I think it, it, the peak of it last night was six or seven. Uh, Ted Cruz being a lead instigator in those, which is not surprising to me. Um, and but so it was, a, it was a night where we saw the country actually come together. And, you know, as all of life teaches us, I think we've all been through very, very difficult situations, both personally and professionally. It's crucibles like this that help us learn who we are. And we're not the country. Let's let's get rid of all the hyperbole about the country that we think we are. We are not that country anymore. And in order to find this new country, 
uh, to rediscover the principles that we all want to mythologize about ourselves, we're going to have to do a lot of work. You characterize this this attempt to thwart the election as sedition. The thing that I was struck by was in the House of Representatives, there were 120 Republicans who voted to go along with the clear, overwhelming majority of the Republican caucus. Uh, I fear that, is that a harbinger of things to come? It's a demonstration of how bad the Congress is. I mean, let's let's also remember, this is really important for people to understand, listeners to understand. The House is, rep- they represent districts. They represent very small portions, many of them not as big as like county supervisors district. We saw county supervisors in Maricopa County act more statesmanly like than our congressmen um, because they represent bigger districts in more diverse areas. These guys do not. They're, they represent districts. They're incapable of, uh, as this election demonstrated, of winning statewide elections. Kelly uh, Ward and the current Republican Party, as it's constituted today, will not win statewide elections, period. Put an end to that discussion because they're not constituted to win it. Uh, th- and this election demonstrated that. Trump lost. Uh, a rep- incumbent Republican uh, senator lost. And so that's that they are not constituted to win statewide elections. And this party, as it's currently constituted in any swing state, will not win statewide elections. And and as, that's and that, evident. That, you know, remember Trump's line, you're gonna get so sick of winning. <laughs> well, that's that's not happening. We're we they are consistently losing. Yeah, we're gonna go to break now, but I will observe, and this is really in support of what you just said. I observed that the overwhelming majority of Republicans in the House voted against the elect basically electoral process, but only a little more than ten percent of the Republicans in the Senate. And I think that supports your point that they're representing very, very different constituencies. We'll pick up this conversation when we return in just a moment after the break in the think tank. The Think Tank, KTAR News on 92.3 FM and KTAR.com. We're talking uh, about the events of the last several days, certainly this week, which will uh, be quite memorable, I think, in American history. And I'm going to throw it to to Rick DeGraw, but I want to I want to set this up. I this yesterday and we're, we're taping this Thursday morning. So yesterday with the invasion of the Capitol. I'm looking at that and it feels to me like end time in the McCarthy hearings. And let me explain that for our audience. Joe McCarthy was a demagogue who achieved power by accusing everybody who questioned him of being a communist in the early 50s. And it worked for years. Even Dwight Eisenhower was afraid of him, as was almost all of Washington. But I remember a vivid scene at the very end. There were hearings in Congress and McCarthy overstepped his bounds. And I remember the end was Joe McCarthy is rambling on, accusing everybody of being a trying his going back to his old tricks. And people are gradually packing up their bags and walking out of the room. And McCarthy is speaking to an increasingly empty room with the cameras running. I'm wondering if. Uh, this was the line that got crossed, Rick DeGraw. Does it feel Maybe. like that? Maybe, but let, let's let's go back to what it, what yesterday really was. Mitt Romney said it well. 
This is what the president has caused today. Now, besides all the stuff you saw on, on TV with the Capitol, they found a pipe bomb in the RNC headquarters. Uh, they found a suspicious package in the Democratic Party headquarters. However, let's look at really what happened yesterday. There were 3,900 Americans who died from COVID and 297 who died in Arizona. That's the stuff that we're just putting aside because we're political people and we're looking at what's happening in, in D.C. I think Schweikert, Biggs, Gosar, and Lesko are disgusting people. Absolutely disgusting. They hate our democracy, and they are the Republican Party in Arizona. Did all four of them vote Arizona, with the 120? I'm sure Gosar, yes. all four of them. All, all, all four of them did. Schweiker mm -hmm. did not. Schweiker did not. I, I thought he did. No, I, I thought I saw the list that said he did. Schweiker, Schweiker, oh, okay. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, there were 14 police injured yesterday in the riot. This was as big a terrorist act as anything we've had uh, besides 9-11 in America. This was a, an attack by terrorists designed to overthrow the United States government. And they listened to the president. I mean, Giuliani called for trial by combat. Don Jr. said, we're coming for you, and we're going to have a good time doing it. I mean, this is these are sick people, and they're not going away easily. That sickness is going to go back and continue to be spread uh, by people like our, our, our congressional representatives um, and the Republican Party chair in Arizona. I mean, this, this is, you said an end time. I think it's a sick time. Um, it's a time when we have to address the issue of whether or not we're going to allow people that truly don't believe in democracy to continue to run our country. And, and that's, where we, that's where we are from yesterday. I was sickened by yesterday, watching people climb walls, push aside police. But I was also sickened by the police helping a woman they brought out of the Capitol, holding her hand to help her down the steps so she would have an easier time of it after having just invaded the capital of the United States. I just don't understand how that can be happening. I think the one thing that I, I, I would go lightly on right now is because I think there needs to be an investigation into this, but the extent to which the Capitol Police were either acting responsibly because they were so undermanned or were complicit with demonstrators. And you certainly saw some videos uh, that would suggest the latter, but I personally would reserve judgment on that because we don't know what orders they were given. If you should recall, there was one case where they had the barricades and they opened them up for these, these folks to pass through and enter into the Capitol. It was certainly highly suspicious, but uh, it was, uh, again, I, I would await uh, judgment on that. I want to know what what orders those folks were given and, and, and who, who did it. But clearly they were undermanned. James, James Mattis said it well. Mob rule was fomented by Mr. Trump. I mean, he is the one that caused it. He is the one that brought it about. And he is the one that encouraged them. And even afterwards, he was encouraging them as the fact that he was proud of them. 
And I have seen um, at least one report about the kind of the chain of command. What does it take to assemble that the mayor of Washington does not have the authority to move people into the Capitol uh, and that evidently there was they were awaiting a presidential go ahead to in order to bolster the forces there. And I, I'm suspicious suspecting that when we get that after sort of action full report, that'll end up being a big part of it. Clearly the police were over, over undermanned. And when that is the case, then their options are limited. It's sort of like the force you have, the less you have to do in order to accomplish goals. We will, we will come back with our group in just a moment when we, uh, uh, after the break and we'll be back in the think tank. The Think Tank, KTAR News on 92.3 FM and KTAR.com. Well, we're back in an in, in off-air uh, off, uh, uh, heated discussion, which we will continue in a moment. But there's one thing I always forget to do because we always run out of time, and that is if you want to connect with me. Uh, the website is mikeoneal.org, and I give you that one simply because at the bottom of the front page, there's a, tw- there's a Twitter button, there's a Facebook button, there's a LinkedIn button, and all of those will take you. Uh, to uh, to reach me or follow me or whatever whatever the case may be. Uh, off air, we were talking about kind of the whole equity of the police treatment uh, issue, and uh, I want to go to you, Steve. And uh, I, I, I suspect Chuck will, Chuck and Rick will have some response. Well, as the phrase goes, it's it's great that we're enjoying the lively art of conversation. <laughs> as the great Irv Kupsnet once said. But I think what's going on here is a toxic sort of stew. We've got um, a cultish following of the president and uh, enabling his worst impulses. We've got QAnon and other conspiracy theory believers. We've got craven politicians trying to tap that energy for their own selfish ends. Um, We have uh, not poor people, because these are people of means who are able to pick up and travel across the country and nobody looked like they were suffering in this overwhelmingly white group of people. And it seems to me to be sort of free-floating white grievance that it's, it's hard for me to really put a finger on what it is, but there's great hostility to authority in this group. And it proves to me that democracy is a fragile thing that always has to be tended very carefully. And America was very fortunate uh, that uh, this stopped when it did because if we had a more talented autocrat in the White House, we'd be going down the path right now that Turkey has been on, that Hungary has been on, that Brazil is on, perhaps even that Russia is on. And it, it's uh, if we are an exceptional country in any way, we were exceptionally lucky that this wasn't worse than it was. Chuck. Um, I want nothing I say to be interpreted as an excuse for what happened yesterday. But let's understand this. As my mother once told me, when you point your finger at somebody else, there's three pointing back at you. And so there's absolutely understood uh, responsibility here by the president. But there's also understood complicity with our political culture today. And how did the president get elected? How did he almost get reelected? That's the question we should all be asking ourselves. And the answer I have there is the absolute lack of, uh, back to my original point, lack of clarity as to what truth is. The cancel culture of the Democratic Party, the, uh, the continued degradation of America and what we have done as a country. Let's be clear, this country, its history is marked with sin. I got that. 
But I also must say we've done more than any other country in the entire world to improve uh, a, 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 a society that it includes everyone. There is absolutely, and I know I'll get attacked because I'm a white guy uh, for saying this, but you know, I'm, I'm not allowed to say that anymore. I'm canceled. Well, that's just wrong. That's absolutely idiocy, as, as we will point out, that Trump is idiocy. And the cancel culture and white privilege and all this, I get it. I'm, I, I've lived a great life. I'm grateful for that. I am, I'm checking my entitlement every single day. But don't dismiss it. Don't throw me out in the woods because I can't talk to what a great country we are because I'm a white guy. That's just absolutely ridiculous. And that is exactly what empowered Trump. That narrative and the narrative of the Democratic Party to try and unify them by their hatred of the other is what's created this toxic brew that we're living in today. I'll quote Ted Kennedy when we say that. Ted Kennedy says, we have to be more than the minority party. We have to be more than the uh, labor party. We have to be more than the uh, party of, of, of African-Americans. We have to be a party of citizens first. Let's all assume that three fingers are all pointing back at us and we condemn everything that happened yesterday. But for God's sake, let's all remember that the way out is always through as Ernest Hemingway said, and that's a hard path. And we must all look at ourselves and what we say about uh, the other side and check our own language at the door. That's the way through. I am very hopeful that President Biden will lay that narrative out because I think he's capable of doing it. No other Democratic nominee was potentially capable of doing that, period, in the presidential cycle. We may be blessed to have one guy that may give us an opportunity out of this wood. Chuck, do you think Fox News will give him a far, fair shot at doing it? That's certainly been his message all along. But uh, Fox News I, will walk away from Trump faster than, you know, a, a, a whore from her last trick, you know, because they, they are done. They are done because it will not serve their purpose any further, their capitalist purpose to feed this QAnon train. They know that. They're going to begin. They, they they called Arizona first. They're walking away from this nutbag. They will rebrand so themselves. It, they, and so I'm not going to excuse it, them, but that's capitalism. So it's really nice to be able to say, well, you know, the Democratic Party is is equally responsible. We're all equally responsible. But when you have assholes, I'm sorry, I can't use that word. When you have stupid people <laughs> like Kelly Ward and Biggs and Gosar and Lesko. Uh, uh, representing our state and allowing our state to be used as a place that for, for all this idiocy, for these lies, for the constant untruths, for, the, for promoting the idea that all the people yesterday were actually, quote, Antifa folks dressed up as Trump supporters. That's absolute crap. And, and it is their fault for making this party, the Republican Party, which used to have some responsibility in the state of Arizona to be a totally irresponsible group of people. And I cannot imagine uh, how somebody can call themselves a Republican and allow these people to be in control. I can't imagine it. I also think a lot of this, and we're not bringing this up, but maybe we ought to think about it. Uh, yeah, maybe there's a problem with cancel culture, blah, blah, blah. But I, I think that a lot of this, a, a lot of the 
the anger sure got ramped up once we had a black president, don't you? Oh, yep. there's no doubt about it. I, I agree with that. Steve. Absolutely. It's original sin is still with us. It will always be yep. with us. But what is our response to that? Is our response to be contemptuous of it? Um, David Brooks or Arthur Brooks has written a great book about love your love thy enemy. There's also a great book called the the book the Bible that talks you how to wait how to work through this stuff. And it it is it, that's not part of popular culture right now. People, I saw a Jesus 2020 sign at the protest yesterday. That almost made me throw up because we all know, you know, Christ was brought down by a toxic mix of of uh, religion and authority. Uh, not combined that, 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 you know, that is nothing to do with the gospel as, as Christ preached it. And so, uh, or was written about in the old Testament, everybody's hijacking their truth here. And, and, uh, and, and we're, we're on this path. We need a way out. We need to have somebody point and lead, uh, to a way out. It's there, but I agree with you, Steve, it's going to be a long, long road unless a leader or leaders step forward. And I'd rather talk about, you know, I know it's, it's helpful to condemn and, and, and all of the, <laughs> the leadership of the Republican party today, you know, but what are we called to do? What are we called to do? We're called to reach out and try and talk. I called, I, I put a text into Paul Gosar the other day, hoping to have a conversation with him before this mess happened. I intend to still try to do that because I want to understand. I want to explain to him is the same kind of conversation we're having here today, how toxic that type of behavior is and what it, what it begets. And it's not good for the country. It's as we would all agree, it's, it's absolutely reprehensible. Chuck's point Chuck, about over, over the last over the last fifty years, I've worked with as many Republicans, quite honestly, as I have Democrats, uh, as you well know, on a variety of things. I've agreed with them, I've disagreed with them, I've fought with them, I've supported them. Hell, I even supported supported some of our Republican governors in in crazy things that they did. But the fact of the matter is, there's no discussion. Uh, I, I have a difficult time speaking to anyone in the Republican Party leadership today that doesn't first start out with hating me. And it's very difficult. I mean, even Jesus had a tough time getting through people that hated him. Um, and he was willing to turn the cheek, turn the other cheek many more times than I have been. Um, and it's, it's something we should follow. But we are not a Christian nation. Nope. Uh, by any means. We will, we will, we'll pick this up in the final segment when we return in the Think Tank. The Think Tank. KTAR News on 92.3 FM and KTAR.com. We have been talking about the dramatic events of the last week in Washington and, uh, one that we've yet to explore is we have a president who, among things, seems disengaged. The uh, minimal security arrangements that were made around the Capitol, according to reports that I've been read, w went up to the vice president, not the president, uh, to the extent but he did anything. It appears to have been the vice president. And uh, we are on the edge. Uh, of 
We've had some resignation. There's been a suggestion. Chuck suggested off uh, air that uh, there may be an onslaught of uh, even cabinet level resignations at this point. Uh, the rats are jumping the ship. The question is, uh, how does this country get through next two weeks? Uh, do we 25th Amendment is a mechanism for removing a president temporarily. Uh, there's other options. Steve, your take. Well, you know, things are bad when Stephanie Grisham resigns. The moral barometer of our nation has decided to leave. Me thinks you're being a little tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about rats jumping off the sinking ship. You got, you got, to, you got to say who she is. We, not everybody's that admission. Of course, uh, worked uh, doing PR at the, the state capitol here. Uh, I used to call her up to get interviews with members of the Arizona House, and she was always very nice to us. And uh, she got involved with the Trump campaign, and eventually she got to the White House. And she, I think, might hold the record as a White House press secretary who never held a press briefing which may have never happened before or since. And then she moved on from there. I don't know if it's a promotion or a demotion, but she wound up working with Melania Trump, of course, and uh, just yesterday left uh, Melania's staff. I guess it's a symbolic move in protest uh, to the, uh, the lawlessness and the riot that happened at the US Capitol. So she took a stand. And so the question is, uh, after this, um, uh, precedent yesterday by Stephanie Grisham, whether there might be other moves to perhaps invoke the 25th Amendment, whether the cabinet could get its act together, where me whether members of Congress, in a, as you were saying earlier, Chuck, in a bipartisan fashion, which the, the country seems to really need for its survival at this point, um, might unite behind this. Because think about it, the president can pardon anybody and everybody. He could pardon everyone in the federal system if he felt like it. He has the nuclear codes. He can do a tremendous amount of damage. Fortunately for America, he's been playing golf and watching TV and hanging out and tweeting. Now he can't even do tweeting half the time or Facebook posts without getting in trouble and getting suspended. He managed to pardon a bunch of his cronies, but not. But but one shows that how long that list had. So the question is, what happens? And so I'm making the case for the 25th Amendment. Now someone has to tell me why I'm wrong. Well, I'll jump in. Um, so the advice we always give our clients when we're in very uh, deep water, uh, turning into shallow water maybe, uh, is that we have, a, we have a term, we say, stay on your yoga mat. Uh, don't make your opponent the, uh, the centerpiece of the conversation. Talk about what you wanna do, don't talk about what they're doing. My, I've had some conversations with some people and, and again, we're recording this show on Thursday. So I'm, I'm, I'm fairly certain that there will be some resignations by the time we're, this airs on Sunday from the cabinet and maybe even from the vice president himself. Um, but having said that, my point that I've focused on is don't make Trump the centerpiece. Make moving on. I would say I, he, obviously he's guilty of, of sedition. That can be a conver conversation later on. Um, to me, I think it's easily demonstrable that his behavior yesterday met the definition of sedition. Um, and so you could easily move that, but I'd rather delay that conversation till after the inauguration of uh, our new president and we move on and see what he wants to do. Because if I'm him, I wouldn't want to dwell on this. I'd want to move my agenda. I'd want to begin to work with Mitch McConnell. Let's think about that. These guys have known each other for 30 years. 
Um, what can we do together to get over the virus, to reduce vulnerability uh, you know, around the globe for, for America um, and our interests uh, globally? And how can we act in a coordinated fashion rather than the uh, tweet storms that we've been governed by? So, you know, I would, I would argue against that. I'm confident there will be a myriad of people uh, calling for him to be impeached uh, and calling for him to be prosecuted immediately. I just don't think that's a well, good idea. And, and strangely enough, I have to completely agree with Chuck. <laughs> um, the, the fact of the matter is McConnell and Lindsey Graham, who are lying, disturbing, disgusting people, are going to be there for a long time. And the president is going to have to work with them. I don't believe Pence will resign. Um, and I don't believe Congress has enough guts to invoke the 25th Amendment with uh, even af if, if Pence and, and the cabinet uh, were to ask them to. Um, my hope is that the military will be smart enough to ignore this president for the next two weeks. I mean, he's already had 315 golfing days during his presidency, almost one in four. Um, and there is nothing to be served by spending the next two weeks giving him the highlights and, and the spotlight that he so gravely desires. Uh, so I agree. I concentrate on moving forward, concentrate on figuring out what you're going to do after Biden uh, becomes president. Got to remember, you, you've got uh, Merrick Garland, who will most likely be the new attorney general, a uh, very smart guy who went through a lot of this and understands it. So I, I think we have to try to make the world better uh, in our own country uh, for the next two weeks and get through it and get rid of Trump. Uh, I'm sure he's going to pardon everybody he possibly can in the next couple of weeks. He doesn't go through his own attorneys, so he just does it in a tweet storm. And because we're, we believe the president was going to be a responsible human being, uh, he can get away with it. Well, so let me, let, me, yeah. let me speak to a couple of those issues. One, I think there'll be a great opportunity post Biden's uh, um, inauguration to get his entire cabinet through fairly quickly, because I, I believe that they, the Senate will has to uh, pretty much uh, cooperate with that. And so you can have a, an appearance of comedy, that's C-O-M-I-T-Y, not E-D-Y, uh, for right. a while here and getting that deck set. As it relates to the pardon issue, you know, I am familiar with presidential pardons, having worked for Governor Symington, uh, and, and they, they, there is a long process by which legal paperwork needs to take place. I'm going to I'll make a wild prediction even before the prediction show, Mike. Um, there will be pardons that he will make that will be overturned because they will not have been properly executed. We've got just less than two minutes left. I, I can't let this conclude without dealing at some level with a 50-50 Senate. Uh, uh, one of the things that does is bring home to Arizona, nothing. the 50-50 Senate means that nothing gets through the United States Senate without the, uni, without the unanimous consent of Kirsten Sinema, Mark Kelly, and Joe. 
uh, the the three who I will predict will be the three most Democrats in the Senate. It means that uh, legislation that gets through will be very moderate. For Biden, what it probably does is it means that they will not be able to sabotage uh, any of his nominees that don't end up having a serious problem, uh, starting with Merrick Garland, right, who I think uh, uh, get through. Uh, pretty pretty easily not necessarily would have been the case uh with less than a 50 50 senate uh you got seconds rick we could take us out of here <laughs> i i don't do this very often but i've been saying prayers for our country um and since god doesn't pay that much attention to me since i'm not with him very often uh, my hope is that he'll have he'll hear many others from other people and take pity on us for being such stupid racist country and help us get through this and become better in the end. My bottom, line is, my bottom line is we become lazy in our country and maybe we ought to uh, revive civics classes in high schools and really pay attention to it. Teach people what it takes to be a good citizen and remind yourself. Got, got to cut you off. We're running out of time. Good point though. Uh, a lot of this bull feeds on misinformation. Barring a catastrophe, we will be back next week with our annual predictions show for 2021. But watch the news. If it's catastrophic, we'll go there.